The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of December. Is December already? Oh my God. Year is 2022. Can't believe the time is flying, can you? As always, you can check us out online at osipfoundation.org. You can email the show using the address podcast at osipfoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram are at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. You can obviously see us on YouTube. Our apparel store is on Bonfire. Our book is available on Amazon and yada, yada, yada. I think that's all that we have to plug. Glad to uh, finally be back with you. We I know that I had... Uh, Kind of pre-taped a couple of episodes, especially while I was feeling under the weather. So my, vo- you can tell my voice is so much better anyway. But uh, I'm, I'm, I should be good to go. Knock on wood. Uh, there's some wood here on my desk, and, which is also the title of my upcoming book. Uh, and uh, trip that I took was great. Uh, got to see some family and some friends down in uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Happy to be back. Uh, just everything was so beautiful, and. Um, Really, really glad got to take the trip. Uh, actually, there's a, there's a great story about sportsmanship on our blog now uh, from my trip. Uh, so make sure you, you head over to osafoundation.org and check out our blog. It's entitled The Strike Zone. And uh, that little blog piece kind of wraps up the 2022 year. Uh, it's a great story of when I went to a baseball game in Arizona. And uh, I think that uh, people will find it very interesting. So I highly check, recommend you check it out. And... Uh, would love to uh, hear some feedback about it and whatnot, especially since I heard a lot of feedback about it while I was living it. I'll tell you that much. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's dive right in today to uh, to our topic and whatnot. You know, it's kind of a weird time as the holidays approach because you're dealing with uh, you're not dealing with sports every day. You know, you have you know you have football you know once a week on average. Uh, per team, obviously you have you know Sunday, Monday, Thursday, etc. But it's just it's just not the same as like baseball, which is an everyday sport. You know, basketball and hockey are are in full swing. But again, that's not every day. That's every other day, every two days, every now and then you get the back to back. But it's not it, it it's not the same cycle. It's not the same frequency. Obviously, we have the World Cup going on. I'm sure that we'll have stuff with that. Um, you know, so so it's a different time, and obviously, when the holidays come around, we're obviously focused on so many other things too. So I, you know, I totally get it. But uh, I found something that uh, that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, we don't do a lot of tennis on this show. We do some tennis, and um, when I read this article, I I thought to myself, there are a lot of different angles about it that I think are worth uh, discussing. So, you know, tennis has uh, a sportsmanship award. Okay, and and it's uh, let me see here. I am pulling this up off of tennisworldusa.org. 
the uh, the author is and I'm going to screw this name up like no tomorrow. Uh, Zevad Mesic, D Z E V A D Mesic. I am so sorry for screwing that up. So I I admit that I'm stupid when it comes to that. Um, but uh, the, the tennis has the Stefan uh, Stefan Eden Edberg Sportsmanship Award. And uh, this week, the ATP announced uh, the nominees, uh, and one of those nominees was not Novak Djokovic, who we all know is a pretty high-ranking uh, person in the in the tennis world, based upon uh, how good he is and what kind of fans uh, he has. And uh, he's, you know, he's he, compare him to whoever you want. He's he's the real deal. Okay, I you know is he the Derek Jeter of the tennis world? Your, your guess is as good as mine. But people know who Djokovic is, especially as you know the major Grand Slam events take place, and they and they try and you know assume it's going to be him against you know whomever, whether it's Rafael Nadal and all you know it doesn't matter. So anyway, uh, so the so the nominees came out, and he was not one of them. And uh, former six-time Grand Slam doubles champion uh, Renee Stubbs, who is an Australian female, I believe she's now living in New York, um, did a did a a thing on Twitter where he, uh, or I'm sorry, where she uh, discussed uh, why he is not deserving of this award. So there's a you know basically. you know the, the 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 discussion went on to upset a lot of fans and whatnot, and and her responses were were were, were such where you know she says, "Look, you know, he's just he's just, I'm quoting some of her tweets here. Um, at one point she tweets, uh, "Novak is not a great sport on court. He's been defaulted, broken rackets, etc., among other things. He's absolutely a gracious loser. I'll give him that. But this award is for sportsmanship on and off court, so don't make it about anything other than that." Um, she continues to say he loses his cool at times, and I have no problem with that. Um, you know, and, and then one person actually responds with talking about. Uh, the sportsman-like things that that he does do, such as clapping great points won by his opponents, conceding points that went in uh, his favor when incorrectly called, and acknowledging his fans at all times. Yeah, and she continues to say, yes, the list is long. Uh, he does what a lot of other players do. He also loses his shit on court, too. And I'm fine with it. I did, too, but it doesn't mean, uh, mean he should get this award. You guys can't ever see uh, anything but love with him. You can't be objective ever. So... Essentially, what's happening is Stubbs is talking about the fact that you know uh, Djokovic is like a lot of different human beings, a lot of different athletes. In that he's not perfect. All right, he's going to lose his cool, especially in times of high emotion, high stress. Keep in mind that all of us as human beings have experienced stuff like that. Okay, we've we've all been through times and experiences, whether short, you know, uh, momentary incidents, you know, or over elongated periods of time where things can really kind of build. You know, sometimes you're in a situation where it's just one thing that triggers you 
and sometimes you're in situations where you know you're having not just a bad day not just a bad week but like a bad month and the stress just depresses you over and over to a point where you just snap okay so so there are all different types of factors and scenarios that can go into it but we've all been there okay nobody is perfect absolutely nobody is perfect and what Stubbs, I think, is saying is we're all going to experience that, but the way that Djokovic has released that tension has led her to believe that he's not worthy of this award. Now, put this into context, okay? Have you ever been in a situation where you've done something like that that you later regret? I know I have. Okay, I'll give you some great examples too. Um, you know, before I started OSIP, I can I, I I don't think I ever really acted so vehemently on it because I don't know if that's in my personality, but I can certainly recall feeling emotions and and expressing certain things that I look back on now and I say I would denounce that. Okay. Um, friend of the show, Tim McCaffrey, would uh, always brings up the example of uh, umpire Bill Miller in uh, in a game when he was working the plate between Toronto and the Yankees, and Johnny Damon was getting on him from the on deck circle about checking on a swing, and then Bill got to a point where he was, you know, basically you could hear the mics picking up, like you're going to tell him, tell me my business, blah 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 blah, and, and eventually Damon got ejected. And at the time, I went on like this tirade, basically like putting that entire crew on notice, like just check, you know, you know this, and this is before I became an umpire, so I only saw it from the one angle, that of the player or of the fan, where, you know, I, I just I just thought immediately this guy must be wrong. Bill Miller and his entire crew must be held accountable for this, and I and I really railed on him, and then I went back. And I learned about the profession of umpiring. I, I've been doing it for 15 years now. And I think to myself, wow, had I known then what I know now, I certainly would not have done that. Because Bill Miller got it right. You know? There are times when I have been in various roles during competition where I may have expressed myself to an official. Now, granted, I, I don't think I ever went nuts to a point where um, you know, it, it warranted any sort of discipline, but I can recall being a, a baseball manager once and a, co a close play being at the plate where our, our runner was tagged out. Uh, and it was really close. And I, I just did not think from where I was that, that the runner was out, but the plate umpire who I knew very well, know very well, he, he called him out. And I just remember screaming from the dugout, Oh, come on, no way. You know? And I called the guy, um, by his first name, I, I think I said. I think I said it once, and he just kind of looked over, and I and I and I let it go from there. And that kind of goes to the idea of you know we talk about this in the book, we talk about this on the podcast, we talk about this a lot when we just deal with sportsmanship in general. It's not so much the first reaction as it is the second reaction. Remember, when you go to a horror movie, and I'm not advocating that you go to a horror movie because clearly I don't go to horror movies. You know, you're you're going to be scared in the theater. You're going to jump. You're you know that what's going to happen on screen is is going to elicit an automated response from you, 
and you are going to react a certain way, whether you shriek or you scream or what, you know, however you react with fear. That's normal. That's called being a human being. It's the next reaction after that that can be make or break. If you jump and scream and then all of a sudden start screaming bloody murder when you should probably just be calming yourself down, maybe even, I don't know, throwing things at the screen, something like that, whatever, you know, that's where you might go too far. And it's the same kind of thing here in where you're basically saying, okay, look, something's going to occur and you're going to get upset. But then to go crazy after that is, is where it goes too far. And perhaps what Stubbs is saying here is, yes, everyone, every athlete has lost it on the court, okay? Because everybody does it. But at a certain point, you go too far. The, the, the breaking of the rackets, for example, you know? It's kind of like throwing your bat in baseball. Like, listen, I get it. I've been there. I've, I've, I've been there many times. You get upset. You, you, you know, you want to throw something. You want to, you want to, you want to, you know, get a little frustration out. Okay. It's one thing when you, if you, you know, hurl a bat against a screen and whatnot, which is, which I don't, you know, I, I don't condone that. Let me, let me back up here for a second. It's more about like, okay, look, you know, you go in, go into the dugout, you take your helmet off and you kind of jam it against the, you know, the, the, the helmet rack or your bag or whatever, you know, okay, that's one thing. You take the bat and you throw it where it's basically now a violent weapon, that's too far. And the same kind of thing happens here with Djokovic where, you know, you want to, you want to, you know, turn around and curse or something like that. Okay. The broken rackets where you're like repeatedly hitting your racket to the point where it breaks, that's, that goes too far. And, Basically, what Stubbs is saying is he he has done things that don't qualify him for this award. Now, the other people who were who were nominated for this award, I have no idea if they have done the same things, one or any of the things that Djokovic has done. I just don't, I, and I, I don't have the ability to go back and 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 fact check that. I'm not that big of a tennis fan where I can go in and I can I can, you know, cite chapter and verse of those kinds of things. I just don't. So so what's what's what Stubbs is essentially saying is when you cross this line, you essentially become ineligible for this award. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean, you know, you need to be, you know, beaten and shot and disqualified, whatnot. No, it just means that you, you know, you 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 shouldn't be getting this. Which is a fair opinion. It's a fair whether you whether you agree with it or not. It's a fair opinion. Okay, it's just it's it's just it just is what it is at that point. Okay. Now, what happens then, though, is where we really get into the you know the meat of this story. So Stubbs makes this assertion, this opinion. And the Djokovic fans on Twitter go nuts for her. And she eventually comes out with a tweet and she says, you know, you say something nice about Novak, I get attacked by Nadal fans and I get love from Novak fans. 
You say something not so nice about Novak, I get attacked by the, by the Novak fans, and I get all this love from the Nadal fans. All you people need to look yourselves in the mirror and say, hey, I might be slightly biased, biased and therefore wrong. Now that is smart. That's, 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 that's wise. And to make it even funnier, she, she then tweets on Monday, Happy Monday, all. Let's see how many Novak Rafa fans I can piss off this week. Bunch of laughing, crying emoji faces. It's pretty funny, to be honest with you. I think I think it's great from from that standpoint. The fact that she can stop and she can laugh about that, you know, and just kind of you know, or or satirically poke fun at that's a that's a beautiful thing. But let's talk, let's take a look at what is essentially happening when she says what she said about the the bias of fans. Many of us lack the ability to objectively look at things. We, are so, we wear such rose-colored glasses that we, we dilute the facts in order to be associated with the people with whom we want to be associated. Okay, This kind of goes back to the concept in Jamie Madigan's book about uh, video games and gamers where you know, he was talking about the Xbox-PlayStation wars and how people would literally align themselves with one of those factions and basically say, everything in my faction is always right and can do no wrong, and everything in the other faction is always wrong and can do no right. Now, have you? Have, has this, does this sound familiar to you? Because it does to me, and I'll tell you exactly where that is. It's not just in sports these days, okay, where... If you're a fan of one person or one team, that person is put up on a pedestal and idolized, or that team is put up on a pedestal and idolized, where everything that person or that team does is justified and can do no wrong, and the rivals are the exact opposite. It's the same thing in politics, okay? Where if you're associated with one political party or one political candidate, Everything is seen through rose-colored glasses where that candidate or that party can never be wrong. And therefore, your opinions are always biased. It, it completely lacks objectivity. Okay, in sports, if I'm a Yankees fan, which I am, okay, if I fall victim to this, then everything the Yankees do is going to be perfect. And the Red Sox, for example, are always going to be wrong. Right now, the Yankees are in the midst of a, of a, of a pursuit of Aaron Judge to try and re-sign him. If I was victim to this, if they sign Aaron Judge, it's going to be it's the right move. And if they don't sign Aaron Judge, it's the right move. There's no I, I, I'm not allowed to have a differing opinion. I'm not allowed to not like what they do. Does that sound like a great way to be a human being? Not to me, it doesn't. You know how many times, you know, I've looked at the Yankees and I've said, I'm, I'm just so upset with this team, but I reconcile it because I say I'm a fan, okay? That fandom is in my blood. There's an intangible there that cannot be changed. Until they cross a line that's just so bad, I can't, I, I can't, you know, relinquish my fandom. I'm, I'm still the fan. I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to cheer. I'm still going to root. I'll give you another great example. This Because this just happened to me recently. Most of my life had Derek Jeter in it. 
Okay. I I I, I have seen more Derek Jeter baseball than not Derek Jeter baseball, I believe. What do you play? 20 years? Okay. And I'm not yet 40. So in essence, at this moment in time, I'm more familiar with the Yankees having Derek Jeter than not having Derek Jeter. You know, my favorite player growing up was Don Mattingly. And when he left, I kind of looked for a new, a new idol and that would be Derek Jeter. And I idolized him. I said, how can you not love everything that the captain does? He is the leader. He is, he is flawless. And then I come to find out after watching the, the Derek Jeter documentary on ESPN, The Captain, there are some parts about Derek Jeter that I don't like. Can you believe that? But I was prepared for it because I knew you know, through past experiences, when you idolize people, when you have these expectations, you're bound to be disappointed. You know, how many times have you had this idol, this, this person in your life that can do no wrong, and then they disappoint you by doing something wrong, by showing that they are not infallible. They are, in fact, fallible. It's very common. Very common. Same thing happened with Don Mattingly, okay? When Don Mattingly became a manager, first with the Dodgers and then with the Marlins, I saw a side of Donnie that I was like, Don, you were, you were my favorite player ever. But as a manager, I just don't understand what you do sometimes. I don't think, in my opinion, you're not as good of a manager as you were a player. And I'll make the argument that he should be in the Hall of Fame. I can I can make that. I can also make the opposing argument very, very well. But again, look at that. Don Mattingly, for all this time, has not been in the Baseball Hall of Fame because of injuries. His career has been cut short. He just didn't play long enough and didn't put up the numbers that were needed to get elected to the Hall of Fame. There are people everywhere who believe that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And you know what? I, I see that argument and I say, I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame. If I was so blind to the opposite, no one would ever be able to make the argument against it. And I was saying, it's a travesty that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But I can see the other side. He's not a Hall of Famer by those standards. And it's going to take a you know a change of opinion, the, the evolution of opinion of those on the committees that, that elect people to the Hall of Fame now that he's passed the writer's ballot to say whether or not he should be in there. And in the present moment, as I, as I examine his candidacy, I can say... As much as I love Don Mattingly, I think it's a 50-50 shot. I can, I can make the case for him getting in. I can make the case for him not getting in. And that's my favorite player of all time. Fast forward to Derek Jeter. Okay, Derek Jeter. Thanks to that documentary, I have seen things about Jeter that I don't like. He took a major hit in my book. He's not the same. He's not the same as much... I thought he was the perfect sportsman. And when I saw certain things in that documentary, I learned things where I said, no, he's fallible too. And I'm actually at that point with Aaron Judge. You know, I, I, I love Aaron Judge. But it's certainly possible that he could turn out to be not, the, not the, 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 the God that I think that he is. So it's the same thing here with 
with with with with Djokovic, it's the same thing with all of these other athletes and teams, and it's the same thing as I said in politics. We blind ourselves so that we only see what we want to see through this tunnel vision. And remember, breakthrough learning ends very early in life. And just because just because someone or somehow you get information presented to you that doesn't jive with what you think doesn't mean you have to suddenly change. I think that's another part of it. We're, we're so deathly afraid of change. We're so deathly afraid of you know, having our expectations missed, you know, and being disappointed. We, we're so afraid of not having everything so perfectly aligned in our lives, a place for everything and everything in its place, that we, we don't want to consider new information. But we have to. But just because that new information is presented to us, that doesn't mean that we have to accept it. We can reject it, you know, in our opinion. There are plenty of people that I know who, when you when they are faced with other things, they say, look, I've considered it and it just doesn't work for me. I, I, I respect those people so much more than I do the people who will outright deny the new facts or the new, the new evidence that is being presented, I should say. The people who say, listen, I have considered everything and here's why I believe what I believe. And I'm not saying it to discount other opinions or, or whatnot. I'm just trying to state where, where I am. Those are the people that get the respect. That's why someone like Stubbs gets all this respect from me here. Basically saying, look, this is my opinion. I've considered both sides. I see the good and the bad. And in my opinion, this is how it should be. Or this is what I think I should say. That's, that's, a, that's a better way of saying it. And look how many people in the in the Twitter sphere in general just attack her. Just say, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. That's not good sportsmanship. It's just not. And it's, it, I'll, I'll kind of wrap up with this funny anecdote because it, it, it kind of ties it together a little bit. Comedian Brian Regan, who is absolutely hilarious, saw him a couple of times live, and he he has this one bit, usually in his encore, where he kind of pokes fun at his fans. And he says, you know, I release comedy CDs so that you can listen to them and laugh. And I do the bit a certain way on the CD. And then I'll do the same bit live and I'll change or I'll miss one word. And there are fans that look at me and go, no, that's not how it goes. You did it wrong. There are fans who know Brian's bits better than Brian does, essentially. And they are judging him in a way because he didn't do it the way they wanted it done. Pretty nuts, right? Same kind of thing. Same kind of thing. 
it's it's very Steinbrenner esque. Of you know the old George Steinbrenner way of you're not getting the job done. I'm going to replace you. Heads are going to roll. And it's not over objective things. It's subjective things. It's win you know it's winning and losing in sports, not in the corporate world. It's, it's so it's just so interestingly funny sometimes. I I highly recommend that if you if you take anything from today, it's look at not the argument that someone like Stubbs is making about Djokovic. Look at the responses to that opinion. How do you respond to these opinions? Can you respond in a mature and sportsmanlike way even if you disagree? That's That can be difficult for some people, but that's the big thing that needs to change. That's what needs to change in our society. We need to be able to respond, whether silently or publicly, without the rage that gets associated with this kind of stuff. And when we see that stuff start to get eliminated, you're going to see a lot of change. A couple of quick plugs before I get out of here. I just want to remind everybody that uh, December is the final month of our annual appeal where we, you know, ask you to kind of dig into your pockets a little bit where you can. We know the economy is rough. Like I to- I totally get that. We're, you know, everybody's struggling in some way shape or form. But if you have something to give, we would we would really appreciate any donation and we can we can provide you with tax receipts or whatever. Whatever you need, we can do that, okay? When you donate to OSIP, your money goes to a very important place. Okay, one of the big things that we do through our general operating budget, other than just, you know, making sure that the business stays afloat, is we provide financial aid and assistance to those who are victims of poor sportsmanship. There are a lot of people out there who who need us, who don't even know that we exist, okay? But when this kind of stuff happens and litigation can get involved, we step in and just help people stay afloat. We just want them to pay their bills. We just want we just want to make sure that they don't get kicked out of their house because they were the victims. Because that's what happens in our society. That's where we step in. And your money can also go to our programs where we try and spread the message of good sportsmanship. We just awarded the OSIP award to a bunch of deserving eighth graders at Timberlane Middle School. You know, we've got signs up. We've got the book out. We've got all this stuff that needs your support. We also have a a lot of great new trivia nights coming up here in December. Okay, in addition to uh, the first Tuesday of every month at uh, Uno Pizzeria in Hamilton. Remember now we're also at Lakeside Cafe and Liquors in Pennington on select Saturdays and Tuesdays. Make sure you check the calendar because it can vary from time to time. And then we're also going to be at the Stone Tavern in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Remember, trivia is free. Prizes are available. Good times had by all. 
And it's another great place that you can learn about good sportsmanship and donate to us. As a reminder, we also still have our book available on Amazon, On Sportsmanship, a critical reader and handbook. Our apparel store, where you can get some nice shirts and stuff, make great gifts this holiday season. That's available on Bonfire. You can find that just by going to our website and clicking the apparel link. And everything else that you need is at osafoundation.org. I want to thank everybody for, for, for tuning in and thinking critically with me today. We hope to uh, wrap up the year with uh, some really good stuff and some uh, interesting guests throughout the remainder of the winter. And uh, reminder to everybody, osafoundation.org, podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. We'll talk to you in just a few short weeks. And until then, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.